Welcome back to Feminist Frequency Radio, because we know you've been around this whole time and you're not checking this episode out because of this particular topic. This is the show that asks you to be critical of the media you love. I'm Anita Sarkeesian, and I'm joined today by a woman whose safe combination is the same as her Wi-Fi password, Carolyn Pettit. Whose Wi-Fi password is all numbers? (laughs) Why is it the Wi-Fi password all numbers? That was where that was where this whole game just completely fell apart for me, Naughty Dog. That's where that's where you lost me right there was with that puzzle. Yep. How dare they? Um, this week, if you haven't already guessed or didn't already see in your feeds, the two of us are going to have a very spoiler-filled conversation about Naughty Dog's latest controversial and divisive new blockbuster game, The Last of Us Part Two. Oh yeah. Okay, Carolyn, we're doing this. Yeah, yeah. We both, I think, finished the game very qu- like quickly, quote unquote. Like we kind of yeah. like we we, went we through plowed it. through it. You know, yeah. um, I you know I was motivated by the fact that I, I knew I wanted to write something about it, and I and you know you want to get your your piece out there while the conversation is still like in its kind of early stages. So you know, I, I did make every effort to kind of get through the game. I mean, as quickly as possible while still taking my time with it to, you know, to explore the environments to, 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 um, you know, to, to, to not play it differently than I would have played it, uh, otherwise, but yes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And like it, it was getting increasingly difficult to avoid spoilers or other people's thoughts on it and all of that. So I think we wanted to just get through it. And I, I say that too, because, um, we were actually going to record this earlier and it's been, we both had like time to let the game Mm -hmm. sort of simmer, um, Mm -hmm. and, and, and rest. And I think that my reactions to the game has changed a little, like not significantly, but like, you know, there's a little bit of space. And so I'm just, you know, letting, letting folks know that we're coming into this, like having played the game pretty quickly and then like letting it just sort of sit for a little bit, um, which, I mean, which is very different than, than like review culture, right? Uh, Where you play the game and have to have immediate responses to it. Absolutely. And I think a game like this, really benefits from having a little time to, to, to mull it over and to think about it, you know, um, that, uh, you know, you might for better or worse, you know, you're just, just the fact that having that, that bit of perspective that time affords, um, you know, maybe, maybe clarifies things you really didn't like about it, maybe lets you appreciate things about it that you didn't at first appreciate, you know, whatever the case may be, but yeah, gosh, I can tell you from my time in the, in the trenches of professional game reviews, um, that, uh, yeah, it's that pressure to, you know, you got to hit embargo, you got to plow through the game as fast as possible and then write, write the review as fast as possible. Not always conducive to, um, the most kind of, um, thoughtful, uh, uh, criticism out there. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, it is kind of a luxury in a way to be able to to to, to think about a game for a bit before you, um, you know, really talk, you know, share your share your thoughts on it. Yeah, totally. Well, so let me do a little intro to yeah. the game for us, and then we are just we have so much. <laughs> I think Ooh, that we want to talk about so that. I want I want here. us to just like yeah, let's dive get into in. It. So. Yeah. The Last of Us Part 2 continues the saga of Joel and Ellie, which first began back in 2013. I can't believe it's been that long between games. Um, So the first game is considered by many to be a high watermark for third-person action adventure games, but for a massive AAA production... 
that costs tremendous amounts of money to produce, the sequel is proving to be surprisingly divisive. It makes narrative decisions that are alienating to many quote-unquote core gamers, mm-hmm. while the relentless, uh, relentlessly violent world it offers and its focus on characters hell-bent on revenge is leaving many critics kind of cold. So today, Carolyn and I are going to talk about our thoughts on this unusual blockbuster. Um, But just one big, huge, massive warning before we get started. We're going to discuss the whole game. Nothing is off the table. So if you haven't played it yet and don't want to have it spoiled for you, please go away. (laughs) And then come back next week when uh, we talk about other stuff. But we want – there's no way to talk about this game without talking about the whole game. um, Right. Not to have a serious – you know, I mean, the serious kind of conversation that we want to have about it. But interestingly, I mean, this game, I mean, was kind of spoiled for you many years ago because you worked on it, right? I mean, you were <laughs> oh very, very um, central, actually, Great. to the, so, the development of this someone's game. Someone's going to pull that. Someone's going to okay. clip that and put, and put okay. that Okay, yeah, yeah, fair. No, it's fine. Um, so some, I don't know, if, if for those of you who are immensely online or follow the rumors around this game, there are rumors that I worked on the game. I did not. I did, had nothing to do with this game. Um, and so it's, you know, maybe if we have time or maybe in the the bonus, we can talk about the reactions to, to the game. And, mm-hmm. and like, it's just, it's been a lot. Like, there's been a lot of abuse and um, online harassment towards yeah. Anyone that they don't like, including like people who play, who voice act the characters, like mm-hmm. the creators of the game. And it's been really disappointing. But um, yeah, like maybe I, I don't know if I want to take up time right now to sure, talk sure. about that. But I don't like, want to, yes, I don't want us bonus. to like, I don't want us to talk about the game through the lens of like it, its worst fans, right? Like I yeah. don't, I think that would be a disservice. But, but I do think that there are things that are revealing. Uh, about some of those reactions that it may, you know, may be relevant um, to, to at least bring up at, at oh, times. Sure. Um, oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Like, I don't, I, like, I, I, I've, I've been a little intimidated to have this conversation, Carol. Sure. Like, it's just, I feel like there's a lot happening in this game and so it much. really, this, the spirit of feminist frequency, the spirit of like, be critical mm-hmm. of the media you love, like understand that we can hold multiple things at once is I think extremely relevant to this game in particular. Um, for me, at least like I, there's, there are things I aggressively fucking hate about this game. Mm-hmm. And there are things that I really, really adore. Yes. And I, I, it makes it a little bit, complicated to come at this with a like like I can't just be like yeah I like The Last of Us too and I can't be like yeah I hate it because <laughs> it's just there's so yeah. much happening here right right and you know I mean uh yeah maybe it's it's sort of helpful to talk about sort of some of those those pieces uh maybe maybe yeah you know the things that I mean that that certainly that appeal to me for instance I mean it is a you know, I've been playing games for my entire life. And okay, I, I want to say uh, uh, first, like some folks are saying, um, understandably so, I think, you know, that when a game like The Last of Us Part Two gets, gets uh, it's a lot of praise for, say, centering um, queer women um, and, uh, you know, there's a, a prominent trans character in it and things like that. You know, so th- there's a, um, there are folks out there who will say things like, um, you know, by 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 uh, celebrating this game for doing that so much, you're erasing the fact that queer people, trans people, women, et cetera, have been making games that center characters like this for you know for for 
ever or for a long time. And, and like, I under, I absolutely want to be very clear. Like I, you know, butterfly soup is like one of my favorite games of this past decade. Uh, there are numerous games that I absolutely love that are, that are, uh, uh, that center queer people, um, trans people that are bi queer and trans people. Um, and so, uh, it's, but I do think that it's still important. There is a way in which when a game of this scope that is aimed at a mainstream at the like widest possible audience, um, centers characters like the ones that are centered in this game, it, it is important in a, in a different way, uh, Unfor- you know, unfortunately, yeah. maybe then a game that is that Absolutely. is like going to be, you know, uh, and, and not that 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 smaller vital, you know, art isn't or, you know, isn't every bit as essential and vital. I mean, to me, it's, you know, what I want the future of games to look like is way more, you know, uh, b- butterfly soup and like those kinds of indie games, quirky games, etc. Like then say The Last of Us Part Two, like that's where my passion lies. That's where I think most of the, the most interesting work is happening. I but mean, we have to acknowledge that like it, it, there there is a kind of uh, a, a different kind of cultural impact um, potentially potentially when a game like this d- does it. I mean, this is the the highest fastest selling Sony release ever uh, in the history of all of the Sony games that have ever come out. So like that means something to have like there, there is a trans character. There are multiple queer characters. There's loads of women. Um, it is, it is a game that is not shy when it comes to being able to, uh, just show that there are lots of different people in the world and that they are just as valid to be in a video game as anybody right. else. You know, this is not like Star Wars with the 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 five the two second lesbian kiss or you know um the Avengers movie where you would have like a 20 second scene where like a gay character who you never see again mentions like dating another man or whatever. Like this is um, a game that legitimately uh, humanizes and centers and asks us as the players to identify with, uh, with these, with these characters. Um, and, notab- and notably it's a world um, that acknowledges the tension of homophobia and transphobia, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a world that's just like, Hey, we're just going to slot in, you know, a, a queer character for what was written originally as a straight character. It's like, no, the world acknowledges and recognizes that, um, there are, you know, in, in just as our current world, even though this is set in the future, like there's still a lot of bigotry um, and hatred towards folks. And then there's also really beautiful moments of acceptance um, and and normalization of of queer identities as well. And so I, I think that there's a lot happening in the game mm-hmm. in terms of. Uh, um, what am I saying? In terms of like making it normal, yeah. <laughs> like making yeah. queerness normal. Yeah, yeah. Um, right. So, so let's, yeah. let's dive into some of those. Like, what? Like, yeah. who? Who? Who comes to mind as someone you want to talk about first? Um, I'm curious your thoughts on Lev. Do you sure, want to yeah. start there? So yeah, Lev is is a, a trans character in the mm-hmm. game. Um, and so I'm curious what you thought yeah. about that representation. So, you know, and, and again with a sort of disclaimer, like um, to to be very clear, of course, there is no monolithic trans identity. There is no monolithic like trans response to a character like this. And, um, you know, my response is, is my response. It doesn't mean that, that other folks who have different responses to love that their responses aren't, or their criticisms aren't valid. But, um, 
you know, I, I, I really, I really like Lev a lot. I mean, as a character, he's sort of where the, really where the hope of this whole game resides in a sense. Like I think of, I think of Abby and Lev um, as a kind of interesting and, and ultimately hopeful mirror of Joel and Ellie, right? Because, you know, if you're from the first game, Joel takes kind of takes Ellie under his wing. In this game, you have Abby who takes Lev under her wing. Um, and Ellie is a character who is tremendously uh, traumatized, carries around a tremendous amount of shame because she could have been the the cure for the the, uh, the the plague. And Joel kind of, in her mind, denied her that. Lev, by contrast, although um, he's been through uh, an awful lot and, and seen a lot of suffering, you know, seems, I think, to uh, have a kind of hope about the future, an openness to the future that Ellie doesn't. And, and I find that really kind of endearing. And, uh, um, and, and so as far as like how Lev's trans identity specifically is, is dealt with, um, you know, we, um, I, I suspected personally, I suspected Lev was trans when I met him. Um, although it's not, you know, Abby doesn't make an issue out of it right away. And I appreciated that she doesn't like what, you know, because in my mind, Abby, it's not an issue to Abby. Like that was why she didn't react. And so then you encounter these characters, the faction that Lev, um, is sort of escaping from because he couldn't, you know, he couldn't be himself in that faction and they dead name him. Um, and, you know, I, um, to me, you know, there, there have been criticisms that, that say that, 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 that the, the way this game handles it makes it into like a, a plot twist or like a reveal, you know, that wasn't my experience as a player, you know, because I, I, I sort of picked up on clues, you know, the way Lev's sister Yara talks about, oh, he shaved his head. Like, okay, why is that a big deal? Oh, I think I have an idea why it's a big deal. Like, to me, those characters were only revealing that they are intolerant assholes, right? Um, when they when they dead name Lev. Um, so anyway, ultimately, like, yeah, I I I have this kind of hope for Lev. Um, I want me, you know, if there is a future for this franchise, I maybe want to see Lev in that future. But I would hope that that future is one less defined by uh, vengeance and suffering than you know than this game is and one that's maybe more rooted in in hope and the possibility of of a new kind of future that pe- the survivors you know maybe on Catalina can create together yeah and you know i i really liked lev i liked that relationship like you said like the the relationship between abby and lev as that continued um w- was really lovely and i i think I don't know. Like, and, and you know, what, whatever my opinion is on this, like, I, I don't feel like it was a gotcha. I feel like it was character development in yeah. some ways. Right. Like yeah. it, it wasn't like the very first thing that's going to come up when you meet these people is that like, we've run away because our tribe, you know, our, our people, our families don't approve of transness. Yeah. Right. And right, so right. I think that the, I think that it was actually really um, tasteful in a lot of ways about how that, was revealed and to have Abby not care <laughs> and be like, yeah, you do you, man. I'm here for you. Like, yeah. And, and the way, 
Yeah, and when so when you see them in Santa Barbara together, you know, there's just this way in which Lev seems to sort of be, you know, start, you know, the like starting to come into his own as the person that he is, like maybe starting to explore his own identity. He seems sort of more conf- confident, more comfortable in his own skin, and you know, you get the sense that that Abby has been a good kind of guardian, uh, you know, parent figure in a way to to him in that way. And, and um, part of the game where you play as Abby to me is, is really interesting because um, I think it's doing a couple of things with uh, in this game. I mean, there's, there's one, there's a sense in which I feel like it's trying to, to say, um, uh, Oh, Hey, if you were all gung ho on Ellie's like revenge mission to come kill Abby, well, guess what? Abby's like a human being too and has friends and a life of her own and all of these things. In case you haven't played the game and you're listening to this just out uh-huh. of curiosity, like uh-huh. half the game you play as Ellie and then the other half you play as Abby. I mean, that's a little reductive, but that's kind of what happens. Right. Yeah, it shifts to Abby and you sort of replay those days that you've played as Ellie from Abby's perspective. But And those those days are very transformative in Abby's life, right? Because what happens is she lives in this Seattle world where people's identities are, are entirely subsumed by the faction that they belong to. Right. She's a wolf. Like, and that's like, that's hardcore, like who she is. It's her whole life is being a wolf. And then there are the Seraphites or the scars as they're sort of derogatorily referred to by the WLF. And, you know, and the, the, these factions just, they don't see each other as people. They're just at war, you know, et cetera. And so like there's this kind of meta thing happening where Abby learns to reconsider her whole notion of like, of just about everything. Like certainly uh, seeing the scars through just a, just a purely like dehumanizing lens. But I guess what's, what's so interesting to me about what happens in that part of the game is that, is that, and here I am going to bring up those players that are reacting with so much hostility to this game. You know, there are those players who are like, um, I, you know, oh, Joel and Ellie are like my people. Um, you know, Ed, Abby kills Joel. I want revenge for Joel's murder. And, you know, and then like, uh, fuck you for like making me play as Abby for so much of this game. I hate her. She killed Joel, etc. And it's like, it, it's, it's this weird thing where the, the game sort of message with regard to like that kind of, um, factional identity of like, these are my people and those are the people I'm against. And like, that's, that's how I want it to be. I just want to get my revenge. And that's how I want it to be. Like the whole game is trying to say like, don't have, it's weird because it's a game that's, I mean, you spend so much time enacting violence and it's so much about vengeance, but I do think there is a way in which this game is trying to say like the, the choices these characters are making are bad. And like, you should not, you should not have this vengeful attitude or you shouldn't dehumanize other people. And yet, like, even though it's this really kind of basic message, like, there's a way in which so many of the players of this game are just demonstrating the, the degree to which they don't want to even engage with the mo- that message on its most basic terms. Like, they just want a game that's going to, like, be very simplistic about these things and who feel really upset that the game would even ask them to identify with other characters, even though the game is all about, in a sense, identifying with 
people that you might otherwise might want to write off as not worth right. identifying with. Which is the whole point, yeah. Um, I Abby is such an interesting character to yes. me in so many ways. Um, one, I, I Abby's physique, I think, is really, really it, notable. Um, Abby is ripped. <laughs> Just dude. like yeah. super muscular, super ripped. Um, she is not like a stereotypical like female character in games mm-hmm. um you know like she's super bulky and you see that evolution like you see that she trained to get that way mm-hmm. she also has like small breasts you know like yeah. and and she's still considered like desirable right she still has because, like yes. sexual relationships yeah uh, or one that we know of with a man um and I think that that is really, really important and was really uh, refreshing in a lot of yeah. ways to I mean, see that. Yeah. Like, I, I, I find Abby a- attractive, right? I find and, – and it's like – it's interesting that for so long, like, there's there have been ent- entire types of – like, part of what we've lost by having just, just the – basically the one female body type in games that has been, like, just super dominant, uh, you know, um, is – is like other types of female beauty too. Like I find Abby very attractive and I'm like, yes, game. Like I, like I want to see uh, other types of women that I find ap- appealing and interesting and attractive as P and, 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 and very, and I think she's very interesting as a person. I mean, I, I the, the fact that she's uh, very sadistic and uh, vengeful in our first encounter with her, that's a pretty big hurdle to get over. And, if she were a real flesh and blood person, I probably would not ever be able to just be like, that's nah, cool that you did that. Like, but, <laughs> right. but well, you know, so- but I do think there's a, a way in which a narrative like this, you know, if we, if we don't take it entirely literally and we sort of a, a look at it more as like a psychological and emotional exploration of characters growing and, and, and learning and, and, and struggling, then, then it works for me. Yeah, well, so I want to talk about that because what you have is you play as Ellie um, becoming increasingly sadistic, right? Increasingly homicidal, just like becoming unhinged. And you play as Abby in reverse. Uh So Abby starts as like you know, just singularly focused on revenge. And as you continue to play as Abby and you see her questioning the wolves, you see or like her allegiance to this, this sort of, you know, larger family that she's been a part of. You see her, um, you know, care for others um, and worry and concern for others. Her, her realizing that revenge didn't really like do much <laughs> to, to make her any less sad. Um, I feel like, it's it's very in my mind. I'm just kind of like, oh fuck, Ellie. Like I I'm I'm almost frustrated yes. that the game makes us hate her so much, um, and it makes us love Abby so much. And what I like is that Abby does get to have growth. She does get to learn and grow and and evolve in a way where Ellie doesn't. Ellie devolves, and just like the whole game is her devolving, and we don't see redemption in Ellie. Like, and I, I think that that might be debatable for some folks, but to me, yeah. like. With the distance I have from the game, I'm just like, ugh. Like, I just yeah. think so poorly of of all of the choices that Ellie went through. And, you know, like, that's okay. But I think that leads into this larger theme that I think we have to talk about, Caro, is like, what is the game saying about violence? Right? right. What is the larger themes of revenge and in-groups and out-groups? And to me, I'm just, I am, I am, ve- I will die on the hill of 
I do not think that video games can critique violence by making you do violence. Like, right, right. I, Hotline Miami tried to do it. Yes. Spec Ops The Line tried to do it. Um, like, yeah. and now this game is trying to do it, and yeah. you can't. And I like, mean, right. and just because it's making, like, the game makes you feel things, like, without a doubt. Um, and I think we can, you know, get into, like, how incredible the acting and the, the, the dialogue and the yes. emotional range is. But, like, ultimately, you are making the player complicit and making us do things that we don't want to be doing. And that isn't deep. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, right. that's just not deep. Right. I mean, so, yeah, there's an interesting tension for me in the game where I think that it gets moments between people so right. I mean, so I'll be watching a scene from this game and I think the voice acting is so good and the the writing is so good. You know, it, it can sort of like I think the scenes that we do get between Joel and Ellie where there's like that kind of awkward fumbling tension between them and, you know, like they don't really know how to process or move past what Joel did, but you, but you can tell that they, that Ellie on some level wants to, and you know, and that he wants to, it, it, like, I think that, the, that there's a, this naturalism to it that I find very engaged. It's understated. It's believable in a lot of ways. And so there's a tension for me between like how right it gets moments between people and how wrong it gets like people collectively or people like the human race collectively, Absolutely. um, where, um, and and that and that to me does feel like it is a product of the limitations of what is considered possible in the AAA game space, right? Like I'm absolutely not saying that people aren't capable of savage violence. We all know that we are. You know, I'm not saying that at all. But but what this game is, this there's a, like a piece missing in this game, I think, and that is the piece of you know that would 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 um, focus on, you know, or more fully illuminate the ways that people, um, you know, come together in times of hardship are collective. And like, of course we see, we see the town, you know, that they live in at the beginning, but that's all just like sort of background window dressing. It's not like the thematic focus. There's no, like, there's no narrative, like energy devoted to exploring people, uh, coming together and, and yeah. So I, 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 especially after, you know, the last of us left behind, which is the wonderful DLC for the first last of us, which was very kind of, you know, in some ways you could, you could say experimental or try to like push the limits, uh, in other ways of what these kinds of mechanics can do in terms of demonstrating like, um, play between people and relationship building and stuff like that. It's there. It just feels like um, a, piece, a piece missing um, in this game in terms of its its portrayal of, of humanity collectively. Yeah, you know, one thing that I found really frustrating about the first game that is is continued and I think even amplified in the second is that <clears throat> this is a, a game that takes place during a global pandemic where like the population has been massively decreased. Uh, and the idea that you would murder other humans in this moment feels extremely um, tone deaf to me. Like it, it like I, I, why would you murder other people? And, and the, the longstanding, uh, 
the longstanding trope in media in general about like folks not coming together, like people being like, you should be more afraid of other people than you should of the zombies that are coming to get you. Like, I, I just, yeah. I don't like those stories. And yeah. so in this game, I think it just, it amplifies and ratchets that up. So not only are you like killing random people, but there are these warring factions that are um, very tribalistic in, um, in, in the sense of like, if you're not with us, you die, right? Like we are going to murder you because you have different beliefs than us because um, we're fighting for limited resources because, you know, what have you. And and creating a very, like, very reminiscent of like patriotic ideals, right? You're with us or you're against us. Uh And in this, and I know that this game has been in the making for seven years. Right, right. But like in this very moment in time, it feels really gross to perpetuate that myth. Yeah, you know, the, you you find so many letters uh, in this game, sort of uh, just artifacts from people who were alive before, or you know, in the, from the early stages of the the sort of the collapse of society, and with a, with like one or two exceptions where you occasionally might find a letter about someone like doing something sort of kind for another person. I don't know. So many of these letters I found tell stories about like good people driven to to desperation by their circumstances who just who just unfortunately just absolutely had to go kill a guy for some insulin or whatever the case is but it's it's just this relentless effort on the game's part um it felt to me to justify that um its own depiction of of a post society you know uh post collapse um you know world where it's where it is that kill or be killed um thing and it it felt almost kind of desperate to me at times in its effort to convince me that like this is like the, the way things would be and um and you know I like I just don't I just don't buy it I mean and again yeah. like I'm not saying that there aren't you know we all know that uh yeah like of course vi- we are capable of violence violence would absolutely uh, uh, take place but it's not the full story or the full spectrum of of what people would be and who we are in, in, in those kinds of situations. I think one of the other things around violence in the game that's happening is, um, and and yeah, you're right. Like everything, all of the little notes and all the little things, um, are, you know, even, even having the NPCs be like, Oh no, she got Sam and like screaming in horrific pain. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of attention to detail in this world in a lot of ways, but yeah, um, the one, the one that I'm specifically referring to is like to make you feel bad, (laughs) like to make you as the player feel bad for all of the murdering that you're doing. Um, But one thing that I did notice is that the, because the game is so long, it's, oh my God, it is unnecessarily long and it is unrelenting. And it, it's just, it's, it's a lot, right? Like this game yeah, is a it, lot. It's an ordeal. And so yeah, to get, to get to, to get to the end, it has to ramp up, right? Like you, it, it, it it's ramping up in these ways that I just, it starts to become even more exaggerated to me in, in mm. ways that feel really silly. So for example, when Abby and Lev are fighting their way out of the scar, like the island of the the scar island or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Abby is. We, we call them seraphites, Anita. Seraphites, Come on, scar you. is <laughs> scar is not, not a it's not an appropriate term. How do you know use. I'm not a wolf, Carol? Right, God. right. <laughs> um, but they um, 
there's a there's a character that you get stuck fighting and you know he's a very large uh black man that uh, d- wants to murder you uncontrollably for some fucking reason and you're stuck in it because it's a video game right like it's it, those are the moments that I'm like oh I'm in a video game still and it's it's so exaggerated that I was like oh it has to be because why is this any different than ever, anything else that's been happening and then you get to like the end end right and um you know you're you so okay, give you a little little back. I'm gonna backtrack slightly. The game ends, and then it ends again, and then it ends again, and then you play the game more, and then it ends. <laughs> like I could not believe how many endings this game had. So, so there's a part where um, you see Ellie nesting, and like she's with Dina, and they have a baby, and all that kind of stuff. And then you you're the game starts again, and you're playing as Lev and Abby in. Um, in Santa, Santa Barbara, Barbara looking yeah. for the fireflies and they find them. And it's like this amazing moment mm-hmm. because like, you know, Abby's finding her family. Like it, that's what it really feels like. And that they're not alone and that they have somewhere to go and, 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 you know, people to connect with again. And then they are abducted by slavers, by like human trafficking slavers. And not only are they then abducted by like people who are happy to enslave other people in this moment, which I'm just like at this point in the game, Carolyn, I'm just like, fuck everything. Like I really needed the space to reflect on this game after that, because I was so over it at this point. So, so my, this is now building to not only are they like literally putting humans in cages and making them like do slave labor, um, that if you try to escape, you get mounted on a goddamn pillar to, to die. Like it is, it is so extreme and so excessive to the point that I was like, come on already. Yeah. And I, I guess, uh, part of my feeling about that, the, the way that the game is so relentless in, um, in its depiction of human beings, just, uh, being uh, vengeful murder machines, uh, slavers, you know, just being absolutely the the absolute worst versions of humanity that, that one can imagine is like, because I, again, I do feel like there's a way in which the narrative it's trying to be critical. Like we cannot, we can, you know, for sure. Like it's, yeah. And so, but, but then it's like, so, so the, so there's a way in which the narrative is saying like, like, People, these people don't have to be making these choices, but they are they are making these choices. And then so so then the question becomes for me, well, then Naughty Dog, if you want to illuminate like other possibilities and like other choices, why did you feel that this was the game you had to make? Like, like, well, and like, why is they, every single person in the world making horrific choices? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Everyone? Like, <laughs> like, because it, it's sort of like it's sort of like the narrative is wants to say, like, it doesn't have to be this way. Um, but then, but then you feel like, but then there's a way in which the game being the kind of game it is to me says, well, it kind of does have to be this way because if we made a game in which it wasn't this way, uh, you know, it wouldn't sell or people, you know, whatever, uh, because this is, this is all that we know, or this is all that people want. And, you know, like I, I just, I, to me, there's a real tension between those two, those two ideas. Well, and um, then that leads me mm-hmm. to what happens at that moment. So there are two moments in which, like, <sighs> the game is really emotionally manipulative. And I don't say that, like, in a in a bad way, 
necessarily like that that's a that's a bad thing in general. I just find it troubling in how complicit the game makes the player in these in these choices, right? So there are two moments in which Abby and and Ellie face off and they're playable. Like that you have to play them. Yes. And you can't continue the game or know what happens if you don't do it. Right. And it's extremely unsettling and difficult. And so the first one is um, Abby has to attack Ellie to like you. You it, it's it honestly, Carolyn. It shocked me. Like I was in that in the theater and being mm-hmm. like, oh wait, what do I have to do now? Are you kidding me? Like this isn't a cutscene. Like this is you're making me do this, right. and then um, and and you're literally like attacking this character that you have known for years because you played Last of Us 1 and <laughs> and the DLC and the beginning of the game and all of a sudden you're attacking this person? Like, what the fuck? And then at the end of the game, or like, you know, Ellie sees that Abby and Lev, like, you, you can see the physicality. Like, Abby has lost, like, all of her toning, yes. all of her will, like, has lost everything and all she wants to do is save Lev. They're like... I don't even know how they're standing at that point. And, and right. Ellie and it, the game is trying to show us how much Ellie has become unhinged that she's still like, you need to fight me in this moment. And you do, you have to do it. And I literally, Carolyn, I screamed at the TV. I was like, <laughs> I was so yeah. mad. I was so mad in that right. moment. And that's when I was like, fuck this game. And I don't actually mean that because I want, I want to actually get into some of the stuff I really liked about it. Mm-hmm. But like that moment yeah. I think is supposed to be like, I think you're supposed to have a reaction like I'm having. I yeah, think yeah, you're yeah, supposed exactly. to be upset and frustrated yes. by it. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if that, like, I don't see the value to that. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem is that like, I don't have a problem with eliciting emotion. I don't have a problem with like making characters bad. I don't have a problem with like complicated, confusing things. Right, right. But I have a problem with like making me do it. Right. I have a problem with like, yeah. With with I didn't want to do any of this. I didn't right, want right. to go on Ellie's revenge quest. I thought it was bad from the beginning. So what what yes. are you teaching me? Like what are you trying to teach me here? As yeah, I mean I right, and you know I, I I definitely shared some of those feelings. I mean, um, you know, there's a moment much earlier in the game when you confront uh, or corner um, uh, one of Abby's um, sort of. Uh, colleagues, uh, Nora and, 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 you know, Ellie is just uh, desperate for information about Abby's whereabouts and is extremely furious. And, you know, has, she feels she has to resort to torture essentially to get the information out of Nora. And, and, uh, you know, uh, you see Ellie just like fuming, fuming, and then a square button prompt, the square button prompt appears on screen. And it is essentially push square to do brutal torture. And and that was definitely a moment where I felt like no game, you know, fuck you <laughs> in a way like I, I you know, I am I I'm, want to see this story through, but I am not. Like I, I like you exactly. Like I am against everything that Ellie has decided to do up to this point. I'm not, you know, sort of complicit. I, I, you, you know, I'm going to push square because I, I need to see where the story is going so that I can engage <laughs> right. with it and so that I can write something about it and talk about it on a podcast. But I, I sort of re- reject your efforts to indict me in this when I would have preferred you make a game that didn't require this of me like like this is not my choice this is your choice um 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. absolutely. And 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 the game also like. You know, after that happens, Ellie's shaking. Like, she's like, oh, my God, I just tortured someone. As yeah. if, like, I, you know, which the irony it's, of that is, like, you've literally murdered countless right. people. <laughs> like, yeah. Is this, do, you know. Yeah, yeah, it does that common, the fairly common video game thing of, like, where, you know, the, in a way, the like, in a way, the game really wants you to feel each death, you know, each person you strangle out or whatever, however you murder everyone. Like, the game wants it to be this visceral experience. But it also is like dismisses those lives. And then, and then, you know, Ellie will kill one person in a cutscene. you know, Mel for instance, and, and suddenly be like shaken to the core about what she's done. But right. You know, or like Dina, like Dina yeah. also went on this murdering rampage with her. And then there's a scene when Ellie, like it, it you're in a fight scene and then it like, it, it, uh, it forces you to, to, I forget which character it was. I think it was the, um, it doesn't matter. Anyways, there's a scene where Dina says, Holy shit, Ellie. Like, yeah. as if that's the thing. Like, yeah. that's the thing out of all of the things that have happened that you're like, wow, you're like crossing a line here. But yet you both just keep on keeping yeah. on, you know? And so I will um, say that yeah. for for my own, you know, part, and, um, you know, this is part of what I talk about in the piece. Like, there was a, a sense in which the ending and Ellie's, you know, seeing, seeing Ellie push to that absolute extreme, like, eh, I was completely not cool with it and and didn't didn't see any value in it and uh but then you know you do so what happens is you get a flashback ellie returns to the home she shared with dina dina's you know very wisely and understandably packed up because ellie has demonstrated that the relationship is not a priority that she cannot be uh the the, a loving committed partner you know that she's too kind of broken for that but like the, I felt like to me that that final interaction with Joel on that last night before he was killed, it shed insight for me into just how massive the kind of shame that Ellie bears over being alive, you know, having survived when, you know, and, and being the one who potentially could have, you know, who knows, saved humanity, been the source of a cure, et cetera. Like just how much shame and and really I think self-hatred she carries about that. I mean, I've heard people say, you know, maybe she went to fight Abby, not to kill Abby, but to die. Like maybe Ellie was kind of, you know, almost hoping that Abby would kill her. And and I mean, I don't know, like that didn't occur to me when I was playing the game, but I think it's an interesting possibility. Um, and yeah, like all of the destructive behaviors that someone might yeah. um, engage in because of trauma. Right. right. And this is a, an extreme version yeah, of that. Exactly. And 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 so th- to me it's like I, I saw in that in that final cutscene and in the way that the way that the remembrance of that is what Ellie is what makes Ellie kind of relent and let Abby and Lev go and be this kind of broken thing there on the edge of the world for a moment, you know. Um is like this this like little bit of hope that maybe now Ellie can like start to do the work of like addressing the shame and the self hatred and everything that she bears inside and, and actually like want to live and, and be in the world as a person. And that's an interpretation and a, and a, a feeling for me that requires me to see the game, not in purely literal terms, right? Not as like, Oh, Ellie literally murdered like 500 people. And now she's going to start a redemption quest, but more as like a symbolic kind of psychological and emotional journey. But it did, I, I did find that final scene between Joel and Ellie um, really good. 
Um, and, yeah. and, and well, so it, it worked for me on some level, even, even as I, I, I absolutely think that this game goes way overboard in, in its focus on, um, on, on savage violence, on re- brutality, on revenge, on people, um, on, you know, just a mon- this sort of hopeless, almost consistently hopeless view of humanity, um, you know, being uh, rooted in these, in these, uh, extremely destructive, uh, uh, patterns. Yeah. Well, and I, I think that that gives us an opening to talk about some of the, like, the really tender moments in this game. You know, one of the things that I, I liked about the original last of us is how much breathing room there was. There's a lot of space, right? There's a lot of like walking and like just kind of being, um, Mm -hmm. that I think is, is rare. I don't think this game had that. Um, instead, I don't think, yeah, I don't think this game really had that. But instead, hmm. I, I think what it did was, and I sort of, I, I don't mean this as a making fun of, but like everyone loved the giraffe scene from Last of Us. And so I feel like they were like, cool, let's do like 25 giraffe scenes right. in this game. Sure. And those, and, and I think that feeds into what you were talking about earlier, Carol, in terms of how the, um, the the acting and the art and the direction and the dialogue, like the relationship building and the character building in this game is exquisite, yes. right? Like that it is incomparable in a lot of ways. Yeah. And so there are all of these scenes that like are just really touching. And some of them are small and some of them are, are you know, like tiny little like walking into a house or something like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, I'm thinking about the big tentpole pieces. So yeah. um, Ellie and Joel going through the museum. It's the, and, and like yeah. Oh, that scene it's, was amazing. The 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 moment in the in the capsule where, you know, uh, Joel has Ellie play the tape of like an actual mission control recording that he has somehow, you know, moved heaven and earth to get his hands on so that he could give Ellie that moment. I I started crying. I, it's such a lovely moment to me because it's like it's it's a way Joel is sort of honoring Ellie's, you know, the person that Ellie is and her dreams and, and like the dreams, of course, that, that she'll never get to, to pursue, but that, but that he, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like, it's like, you know, celebrating them and grieving for them at the same time, you know, like, yeah, I, I just, that moment just absolutely, um, God, that moment hit worked so well for me. It was but, amazing. And and yeah. compared like comparably, you know, Owen and Abby then are in the aquarium. Right. And, you know, like that was a really touching, like those are beautiful moments in these spaces and the excitement and like you know, there, there's just like <laughs> Owen saying to Abby, like there's these moments where he's like, but don't we get to be happy too? You know, yeah. like don't we get to have these moments? And it's just yeah. It yeah. Yeah, and you know, I mean, exactly like this idea. I, I, I like I, I, I like Owen quite a bit um, in, as a character. I like that he, the way that he comes to see that you know, like he's not really there are things more important and more interesting to him than being in the WLF, right? He he's done. He wants out. He wants to just go go you know live some other life, and he sees that possibility. And you know, like I I, I wish the game had given more weight to 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 that idea in in some found ways to like to to explore that more um but and but and also like the scenes the scene with um with Ellie and Dina in like the grow house where they've 
you know, like they've had sex or, you know, like it's, it's not some, you know, it's not some sensationalized, like uh hot, like lesbian sex. It's, you know, you don't even see them have sex, but it's just like, they're just both. It's just such a lovely, like sort of understated, like uh, this, these understated moments that just view these characters as people. Um, that's again, you know, I feel like this game, while I feel like it gets the big picture stuff about humanity so wrong sometimes, God, some of those, the smaller moments just ring so true and it gets those so right. Yeah, absolutely. The The game has, you know, so, sort of moving a little bit away from um, so, some of these topics, like yeah. the game um, has like in- incredible. So, oh, sorry. I don't know what I'm doing. Okay. Accessibility. Hmm. I just wanted to yeah. briefly mention accessibility. Yes. There are so many options oh. for how to play the game. There are like difficulty levels and you can micro and fine tune those difficulty levels in terms of like how, uh, how much resources you want to be able to access at any given time, mm-hmm. how much, like how extreme <laughs> the, the, um, the enemies are going to be like what you can get away with. And I think that that to me, I want to see way more games do that and you can change it in the middle of the game. So if you're yes. like hitting a, a spike, a difficulty spike that you can't get past, you can just drop the difficulty just to get through it. If you're more concerned about Mm -hmm. uh, the story or getting past or whatever. And like that, I found really exciting when I started up the game. Me too. It's so it's, you know, and I've seen um, the, you know, activists who have been pushing for more accessibility options in games for a long time, um, really praise this game for um, on that level. I mean, it's, you know, by, by sort of modern current standards, it's like, whoa, this game goes above and beyond, but really probably this should be like the, 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 the norm, right. Yeah, is like totally. games that, um, that off that offer so much, um, to, 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 to players yeah. as, as ways to play. And we were talking about the attention to detail and I, mm-hmm. I feel, I feel some tension about, mm-hmm. about this because there are stories about how, <laughs> difficult or crunchy or toxic it is to work at Naughty Dog. And so like, you know, there is, I think a very important conversation happening around like, is it worth it? Right. Like, is it worth it to have these kind like this level of detail? Um, And, you know, and, and it's hard, (coughs) excuse me. It's hard because almost everyone I know who played the game immediately texted me being like, holy shit, I've never seen a game like this before. So like there is a pride element too, but like, (laughs) I don't think it can be at the cost of like, human sanity but i i don't mean to undervalue the like the costs that it took from people in making the game also the attention to detail in this world is incredible yeah. like it's mind blowing and so like how do we hold both of those things and mm-hmm. how do we find better ways to like build incredible things that that aren't at the cost of of human sanity but one of the examples that i point to um carol and i'm sure you notice this too is at the crafting tables when you're upgrading your weapons <laughs> yeah every single weapon oh wow ha- and every single upgrade and every single weapon has its own animation so if you yeah. are adding a scope to a rifle you right. will literally add the yes. scope to the rifle. If you're adding um, uh, like a um, uh, an ammo cartridge, you're literally adding the ammo cartridge. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just, yeah. I was like, that. Right. Like, there are it, like how many different versions of that can there possibly it, right. be? You know, exactly. And another thing that that a lot of people have um, have showered attention on are the rope animations in this game so <laughs> sometimes in this yeah. game you'll you'll find a rope or you know a cable of some kind that you uh, you have to use to traverse a particular area or using a bit of like environmental puzzle solving or whatever and 
the the physics of the not only the physics of the rope but the way in which your player character Ellie or Abby like um manages the rope and coils the rope and everything like it's it's you know it, it's it seems weird to cite something that seems so sort of minor as like genuinely impressive but it is like when you're watching a game like like or for me I'm like wow I've never seen a a, a physics object like that handled in quite so like a realistic a, a way as as that is here um so yeah, yeah totally. like it's they they really did so much to try to make it's weird like to me there's a weird tension also between a game that that wants so hard to make every little detail feel um kind of grounded and believable on some level but also remember let's also not forget that this is a video game ass video game like, this is a game <laughs> this is a game in which you you literally like take hundreds of pills that you just find lying around in places to access new skills on your skill tree right like it has it has all those like like just just if you stop and think about them like absolutely ludicrous you know video gamey kind of yeah. sis- character progression and, systems in and the what midst a tension. of this real yeah you know like what a what a monumental tension that we're at in this regard right when we're talking about big big triple a games like i remember i remember saying about the last of us that it was the most emotional like the most in-depth real sort of not realistic i'm fr- I can't even remember how I phrased this, right, but like, right. like it immersive was, maybe or yeah, like it was the most emotional game that yes. I've ever experienced. And it hit the limits that you could do in a game where you're shooting people in the head for 25 hours. Right. right like like right. there's a certain level that you can't pass even yeah. as with all of these. Ama- like I remember when I played the first last of us, I, it took me a second to realize that it was a woman in refrigerator trope because I was so mm. like, Oh my God, what's happening? Like I was, I was, in it, I was in the story. I cared about these yes, characters. Like it right. felt really real. And even as someone who like rails against this stuff, it took me a minute to be like, oh wait, that's a trope. <laughs> like, <laughs> like that wasn't okay because it was done so quote unquote well, right? In in all of the all the things mm-hmm. it means. And and that kind of brings me to maybe a point that we can uh, like a kind of nice point that we can wrap this mm-hmm. this part of the discussion on is mm-hmm. I think that that team really learned from their mistakes in the first game. Mm. And that I think is what I hope for in our industry. Right. Like I, we can't change the past, but we can change what we're doing moving forward. And I know you can see the choices that they made in terms of like representation, in terms of like who dies and who doesn't die. Like for example, the like murder of like the only black woman in the game <laughs> was was a huge problem. The woman as yeah. refrigerator trope, um, you know, having it be a grizzled white dude as the star. I think that there's a lot of ways in which this game um, recognized and heard the criticism, not this game, the people who made it, people make these things, mm-hmm. um, heard the criticisms and was like, okay, we're not going to do that again. Like, how do we move forward? And it doesn't mean that it was like perfect. And no. it doesn't mean, you know, I got issues with some of the pregnancy stuff that happened in the game. Sure. Um, but um, yeah. but I, I love that. Like, I love that. Right. And kudos to that team for hearing those criticisms yes. and understanding them and listening and acknowledging that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, you know, like, um, I, I don't, you know, I, I, um, I don't expect sort of perfection from art. I don't expect art that like, uh, doesn't have anything that, that, that I might point out as flawed or that I might like nitpick or, or criticize. Right. But I do like to see what I consider to be 
you know, good faith efforts to, to, as you say, to kind of improve and to tell, to tell good stories that recognize the humanity in all of us. And, um, and, you know, again, I think there are ways in which the, the limitations of a violent, you know, uh, game sort of are inherently de- sort of dehumanizing or reductive about humanity. But at the same time, like, wow, kudos to them for, um, for populating it with, with this, you know, wonderful assortment of characters for humanizing them, um, in, in, in so many great moments and, and, um, you know, for really yeah. obviously trying to, um, to, yeah, to, to push the, to push forward some of our ideas uh, of, uh, of what a, what a video game story can be and who it can be about. Totally. Well, so folks, we are going to skip the freakouts for this week because I wanted to give us time to get into this because mm-hmm. like, I feel like we could talk about this for five more hours. So we're going to take the rest of this conversation mm-hmm. into the bonus, um, maybe talk a little bit about the reactions and some other things that we didn't get to. But before we end, Carolyn. Yes. Um, in our script, you wrote the question, what did we think the game did? Like, ultimately, did we think the game was worthwhile or successful? Mm-hmm. Do you? How do you answer that? Um, it, it's complicated. I'll try to keep this short. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, um, I, 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 I'm really glad it exists. Like, I, I, I do think it was worthwhile in that it took risks that I appreciated taking. Um, I obviously, I personally um, object to to a lot of what it does, but, um, but man, you know, it's, 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 it's a work that gives me as a critic and as a player, a lot to think about and to engage with. And I'm always grateful for, for that. So, um, ultimately like as unpleasant and arduous an experience as it often was, (laughs) um, I, I, I would have to say that it was worthwhile for me. Yes. Yeah. Totally. I, I agree. I We're going to link in the show notes um, a, an amazing piece that Carolyn wrote about the game that I think you all will get, um, you all will like a lot because it's really thoughtful. It talks about a bit of what we talked about here and, and goes into some more, yeah. um, some other aspects of it. But yeah, I agree. Like, you know, I think, I think it's exciting to have something so meaty to dive into, mm-hmm. you know, and like, yeah. you know, I, I think that the, the tension of this game, the the position of it, the reactions to it, like, you know, I, it's not like I, I'm, you know, like, great, let's debate the value of human life or anything like that. But right. I do think that it, it's, we don't get a lot of games that are, yeah, le- that give us so much, right? Yeah. That give us so much in terms of like, where do we want to go? And w- what what pieces are regressive? And w- like, how how does this change the face of mm-hmm. AAA games? And I, I, I I value those moments. I value those tentpole games. Um yeah. and uh and I also, you know, I got to say that like I I think that there's still a lot of nods to trying to have better integration of representation in games and I feel like it's really exciting to me that this game did what it did. I mean, I, I you know, I, one thing I do say in my piece is like I think, you know, 10 years ago I, I don't think I could have even imagined a, 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 you know, a massive, again, blockbuster, a game aimed at a game this expensive aimed at the widest possible audience with characters like these. Um, and it's it's thrilling 
um, to, 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 to see that, um, uh, to see that happening. It's, it's, it's really cool. Yeah. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much for listening to Feminist Frequency Radio. Stay tuned for the freaking after party, which is only available to backers of this podcast. And you can hear more of our conversation on The Last of Us 2. Um, and you can do that at patreon.com slash femfreak. And of course, you can find us on all the podcatchers. And if you haven't yet, please go to iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review us. Unless you're here to just shit on us, in which case, you know, <laughs> fuck off. Because <laughs> I feel like we might get some of those on this particular episode. Um, this show is engineered by Rob Para. Carrie Stimson provides technical support. Artwork is by Jamie Varon. And our intro music is by Full Circus. Join us next week for another feminist dive into pop culture. Thanks for listening, y'all. Later.